You're listening to In The Know, a collection of career development insights and leadership experiences from INSEAD, the business school for the world. Welcome to episode 23 of In The Know, where today we discuss the Executive Master in Change program and how understanding yourself can lead to transformation. One of the program founders wrote in a recent INSEAD knowledge article, Effective leaders are those who meet the needs of their followers, paying careful attention to group processes. They're able to calm anxieties and arouse hopes and know how to liberate and inspire people to positive action. To help learn more about this topic, we are joined by Senior Career Programs and Services Officer at the Qatar Career Development Center, Sini Parampota. As, as humans, we are trained by the system to, to respond to certain experiences in a reactive way. So um, we always try to run away from what is uncomfortable, um, what is painful. But I think uh, very similar to Manfred's words, just taking the time to pause and really think about what is happening, why we feel the way we feel, um, what can we do to change a situation uh, even the most unpleasant into a lesson uh, of, of resilience, of change. Um, there is a lot of opportunities for growth in this same painful situation. We are also joined by the Director of Specialised Degrees Programs at INSEAD, Patrick Parker. Patrick shared many insights on the program and some of the discoveries he made doing his own thesis. My feeling and sense was that this, this very male-dominant world that we all live in influences us to express ourselves in a certain way or not, regardless of gender. I'm, I'm simplifying things clearly. But the compelling question I had was, why is it that men will reinforce many of the, the ways that they act and respond, usually through fear, to protect themselves, as opposed to having a, a greater emotional awareness that could perhaps just bring a, a sense of balance and take the pressure off because we are in this world of, of performance, of um, objectives. So let's get in the know with Sydney and Patrick. Thank you both very much for, for sharing your time with us today. I guess we'll start with a really easy question, uh, as we always do, which is tell us a bit about who you are, where you come from, and how you got to where you are today in your career. And we can start with Simi. Thank you, Luke. And and thanks also to Patrick for joining this episode today with me. Uh, Such a pleasure and and really a privilege to be um, in this community. So about myself, I'm, I'm Greek. I live abroad. I've, uh, I've been a little bit of a global nomad, I would say so. I traveled quite extensively. I relocated uh, to different places. And for the last 15 years, I live in Qatar, in, in Doha, with my husband. Um, I'm a career development expert. I'm working with Qatar Career Development Center. And uh, for the last two years, I've been part of the EMC program with INSEAD. It has been a life-changing experience. Um, I'm sure uh, most of the alumni can can relate to this feeling. Um, And it's really great to be with both of you today here. I look forward to these interesting discussions. Yes, as do I. Fantastic. Thanks for the introduction, Sini. Patrick. How about you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, with pleasure. And again, delighted to be with you both, uh, Luke and Zenny. So I've been in INSEAD for 20 years. Um, you can probably tell from my accent, I'm originally from the UK. But in fact, I'm, I'm half uh, French and, and half British. Um, I came to France, I thought, for two years, and I've just not seen the time go by. And today, where do I find myself? Well, let me see. I'm director for specialized degree programs, so overseeing the, the smooth delivery of the EMC uh, 
executive masters and also for the executive uh, masters in finance. Um, so thankfully for the program, I'm not responsible for the content. That's the, uh, the specialists, the program directors. But I'm very much there just to really um, do our best to deliver a top program. And, um, and yeah, I'm married, two kids and uh, loving life in France. Yeah, fantastic. And and I suppose one of the unique traits of yourself, Patrick, is you're also an EMC alum and and ha- participated in the program. Absolutely. Uh, yes, I, I started in 2017 and uh, obviously graduated uh, essentially 18 months later. So, yeah, I'm part of the community. Uh, and as, as you can tell, I sometimes it's not a forget, but you know, I, I sort of wear many hats. <laughs> but indeed, I was also uh, had the honour and the opportunity to do the program, which was an incredible experience. Yeah, fantastic. And and we'll delve into that experience, I think, uh, a little mm-hmm. bit later. So yeah, I look forward to that. Um, coming on to, I guess, some of the key highlights of both your careers. I suppose it's an interesting question because there's so many highlights over our careers, and it's, I guess, difficult to pick one or two key moments but in trying to do so um is there any sort of key highlight that really stands out to you Patrick in your career that you thought you know I'm really proud to have achieved this or that I went in this direction um for sure I mean there was actually a life before ATM but I'll I'll really stick to that because in many ways 20 years is, is a lifetime um I've had the opportunity to do seven roles I came in at, a, at a quite a, a junior role and to be very honest with you I was just looking for a salary I used to be a, a kind of a, a teaching consultant uh, and I'd be working where, where the, the sort of the contracts were and I knew nothing about business education I was so naive to the whole world because it was a while back um, and it's an amazing environment in Seattle it's one of those incredible places where you can do so many different things I came in in a particular role as I say, this is my seventh position. I've gone from operations to, to managing people, to, to marketing, uh, you name it. And so when I look at sort of the milestones, I think my first job shift was this recognition that, wow, I can do something else. And then the next. And, and before you know it, you, you just think this isn't about luck. This is about the place I'm in and the opportunities that, that we can also play a role in creating um, I think for sure, coming back to the initial uh, part of our, our conversation, the EMC was a very significant milestone. There have been so many, and I'm so grateful for the opportunities I've had. But the EMC has been a, a, a real revelation uh, to me in, in why I do what I do or not, um, and to gain some, some great sense of confidence on, on the clarity or not sometimes. So I think that's possibly, I would say, one of the most significant milestones of, of my career, amongst many others, but I won't bore you. No, no, fascinating. And the, and the progression is is something that's always nice to achieve and, and hear about um, and, and a fantastic experience. So, again, we'll, we'll delve into some of your personal experiences. But, uh, Cindy, how about yourself? Uh, some key highlights in your career to date? Well, very much to to Patrick's experience, mine as well has been very diverse. And to be honest, like speaking about my my domain of expertise, which is career development, I think it's an affirmation that career is not about a job. It's much more than that. It's a lifelong learning journey. So across the span of 25 plus years that I have been working, I have changed different different domains, work domains. I started with the family business in jewelry, then I moved into media, then I shifted into uh, sports and the Olympic movement. I worked for a, an extensive period of time for the Olympic Games. And then when I decided to create a family um Moving across continents with the luggage in my hand was not an option. And this is how career development came into my life. Um, So for the last 12 years, I've been working in this field um, um, here in Qatar. So I I think the experiences 
that I have, you know, lived and I have encountered throughout my career have been exceptional. I, I got so many different learnings from, from each career path I took. Um, but most importantly, it was the people that I met with. And just like Patrick, the EMC experience, the, the executive master in change um, as it is now, I think it has been, you know, one of the pivotal moments in my life. It has been life-changing, truly. And I met so many interesting people, um, you know, with me in my cohort and from other cohorts as well that I came across. Uh, that is so enriching. It's so inspirational. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a common theme that I hear in, in many other episodes. You know, it's, it's all about the people and the experiences you have with others, uh, that makes careers and makes our lives um, enriched, if you like. So, yeah, it's it's interesting to see that parallel drawn across programs, across, you know, all sorts of cultures and, and individuals. So, great. I, I look forward to delving more into some of those connections uh, very shortly. Uh, finally, I guess having both been a part of the EMC program, can you sort of describe how your understanding of yourself has changed during the program? And I guess that's going to be the focus of today's episode, you know, understanding yourself as it is sort of the first few um, sort of parts of the program, let's say. So how did that change from starting or, or entering the program to, to when you exited and even today? Well, when, when I was looking for, you know, an executive master's program and I came across the EMC, I felt it was the perfect fit for me. So I entered the space with, with an open heart and an open mind, and I was ready to, to embrace whatever the program was wanting to bring um, along my way. And I think this is the most important attitude that someone can really showcase to benefit from what is happening in the EMC space. Uh, I'm extremely grateful for the reflective space that was built with the care from the program directors. I was fortunate enough to have both Eric van der Lu and Roger Lehman as the program directors in Singapore. Um, it has been a great asset also to, to learn from other professors, uh, Zoe Kinyas, um, I think uh, her, her module, her teachings on identity and, and threats has been really significant uh, for me. It has been a very interesting journey overall, knowing, understanding more about ourselves um, from a psychodynamic or psychoanalytic perspective, what is happening around us, being able to decipher certain attitudes and, and experiences in a working environment, in an organizational context, gives so much meaning. It, it gives a new perception to the experience that we have every day within our families, with our friends, with our peers, with our colleagues. And Patrick, your your sort of experience as well? Was that similar or, or different? Um, it's a bit of both. I mean, mm. it's such an impactful experience um, because it wasn't that long ago, but it was already, you know, time, time passes by very quickly. It's a few years ago. Mm. Um, and I remember there was this already one of the key things that came to me is when do I ever take time for myself to stop and look at things from a certain, I wouldn't say detachment, but a certain distance. And, and I realized that was a gift. It was, it was a massive gift. Although it wasn't always obvious to make sense of what was going on. Um, every, you know, dare I say, but at the end of each module, it felt like an epiphany. There was like this, this massive, as, as Roger, indeed, one of the program directors I went through the program with, that, that aha moment, that could be sometimes very emotional, just this realization. And, and when certain realizations about myself surfaced, once they were there, I was like, I knew that. And and how did that not, you know, how did I not actually have the opportunity or the time? So they did this amazing job of, of creating this, this very safe space for, well, you know, for transition, for change, for, for being playful, even if sometimes it, it can feel you know, pretty, pretty heavy. Um, I think 
also what's fascinating and, and we were always sort of encouraged to say you know, you're, this, you're this kind of instrument and it's about fine tuning uh, and yes use yourself during the program as that instrument and indeed try not to do too much of that or at all in between modules because of course you're learning all these new things you're hungry you're energised and, and you want to try stuff out and I realised that in, in the the short time of hindsight I've had the last few years, there are many components and aspects of the program that make even more sense now that certain levels of, of dust have settled or reflections and thoughts and situations and scenarios. Um, I think the big thing for me when I think about the program is just this comfort of, of, of vulnerability. Um, you know, the imposter syndrome kicked up for me big time. And then going through the program and realizing it was okay to be vulnerable, it was okay to to not know, um, and, and it really did reboot my my curiosity, which I'm I feel so grateful for. Um, so I think they're the main things I would say. Again, there's so much more, but there were the, the sort of the big things for me is it's okay not to know, and um, and that being vulnerable is okay. You know, it, it's actually better to to sort of um, let those, the defence mechanisms um, down a bit and, and allow for some kind of positive uh, serendipity. For sure. And it, a lot of the things you're discussing, uh, it's, I sort of feel is very, very relevant in the, in the last year or two where a lot of people have become aware of the importance of, as you said, um, you know, taking time for yourselves and, and reflecting on what life entails and and how we go through life so yeah no really interesting and, and fascinating that something to discuss in the in the next few minutes or the next uh, little period of time that we can we can touch upon which i think is very very relevant to what a lot of people are experiencing in the world at the moment um I guess a little bit of an introduction to to the program itself. Uh, we've referenced it as the EMC, which is uh, the extended form is the Executive Master in Change. Um, it was developed um, from a very, very successful sort of executive education program at INSEAD. Um, it was called the same thing. And it sort of ran for 11 years until it became a master's program in, in 2011. And the, the program was always oversubscribed. It was always very, very popular and resonated with a lot of people. And I guess the major change that came from the, the effective format in executive education was the addition of the eighth module and a master thesis, um, which we've sort of touched upon in previous uh, podcast episodes. It's a huge part of the program and such a, I, I get, told a lot by by people that go through the program it's it's such a learning experience and something that a lot of people haven't experienced before in in their career or in their academic experience so it makes a huge part of the program and then also there's a practicum which is supervised coaching or consulting practice and I, some of those things we can sort of delve into but I'll start with you Patrick it's a very different to many traditional business programs. Um, I've heard that many times from participants and people looking from the outside in. The formation and the evolution of the program is fascinating. It helps explain the importance and the purpose of the program at INSEAD and business education itself. Um, can you explain the background of EMC and how the program about human relations and, and behavior continues to help create more effective leaders and organizations? I you know, have to do it justice, really. Uh, and, and I think I would invite anybody to listen to uh, you know, our founding members, so Manfred Ketz-DeVries, uh, Eric Van Bolo, uh, Roger Lehman, they, they were sort of the, the key um, uh, program directors, and designers, and then more recently, professors uh, Michael Jarrett and Michael Shield. So just an interesting thing about NCAD is, is we were one of the first business schools to really understand the importance of, of combining what we, we grossly call the hard skills and the soft skills. So initially you had MBA business schools and then you had leadership centres. And there was this very quick realisation that 
that they needed to go together. And I think Manfred has been very much key to that. And so as you just say, you mentioned you know, over 20 years ago, this, this program started and then gradually became a, a master's program. And it's, it is unique. Um, I've, I've sort of looked around and, and you speak to a lot of the, uh, the alumni, the community who have gone through many other programs, because when you join this, you already have a significant amount of, of work experience and many of these people have studied elsewhere. And it, it is that just that, that unique experience of, of looking at um, behavior and organizational systems with this psychedelic perspective to change. And it does look at the, how we respond to that as an individual and as a group and, and teams and organizations and even cultures. So how do we respond to the change and looking at our drivers and, and our blockers and how can we as change agents, regardless of our role, be that as a, as, as a coach or as a consultant working in a business, um, could be running a, a factory or family business, how can you be impactful in change? And so you're invited initially to look at that on an individual level and then each module you're building up, going from that to the family systems, to teams, organizations, leadership. Uh, and as I say, the, the world to an extent, so it's fascinating. I was looking at it a bit like an onion, but you start in the middle and then each module it goes out layer, layer by layer. And so you, you're kind of unpacking that. And by understanding your response to change, it, it really does help you as an individual understand, well, it isn't one size fits all. And that really resonates with the program in that there's this organic way of learning. You learn in a way that suits you and makes sense for you. And you're also learning from this incredible class. And then, of course, the program directors who are, who are sort of weaving this journey as you go along. Um, and you, you kind of look at, and we'll talk about that later, you, you mentioned that earlier, you look at the work that the, the participants produce, the thesis that they, 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 they develop. It's, it's just really incredible, mm. I feel, very enriching. And it's, it's understanding, as I said, how can you be impactful in change? How do you understand um, maybe the drivers and blockers in others? And how can you help other people, groups, or organizations in their change um, by also revealing or inviting a greater sense of clarity and awareness of what could be going on under the surface? Um, and that's where you have that psychodynamic perspective using different approaches and tools and methodologies. And what I loved about the program is that we're saying there isn't one approach that is the right one. There are many out there and even more that we're perhaps not aware of. And it's what can you do coming into that situation with the most objective and non-judgmental approach? And that's why there is that necessity for this awareness towards yourself to therefore allow the space for the awareness in others to, to, to manifest great snapshot of of the program as you said there's so many layers to this program and and mm. it really is an uh, an individual experience where you you are going in it for different reasons to many other people but you all come together the feedback i i hear so much about this program is is it's phenomenal really the the, the experience that people and the change that people go through. I mean, the, obviously the program is called the Executive Master of Change, but you do visibly see the change in people as they experience and look at things differently, I think, or I feel. Um, you, you touched upon uh, Manfred, and, and it's interesting because I, I had a quote here from Manfred that uh, in, a, in a recent webinar he's done with INSEAD was um, he sort of shared some thoughts on, on what the current crisis uh, as in the COVID crisis, means for leaders. And he said, most people are strangers to themselves. Uh, a lot of them resort to manic defense. They fill their calendars with a flurry of activities meant to prevent them from having any time to reflect. They are always running without knowing what they're running for or why they are running themselves. And they feel drained, but they don't know why. So I thought it was a really interesting sort of quote and, and, and really resonated with, I guess, what we're discussing today. Um, Cindy, part of the program is sort of learning to understand 
yourself firstly, but then learning to understand others and the emotions that come with human beings. How does that learning help you understand your own emotions and, and how does that benefit you, particularly yourself in your own career? Well, it's a very interesting question and I'm a big fan on of Manfred Ketz-DeVries. I think he's an exceptional, prolific writer and a modern philosopher. He has a point. Um, I mean, a lot of people are running nowadays without really knowing why and without understanding what they are trying to achieve. Knowing thyself, I think it's a quote um, that is very much relevant even today being able to understand about our own emotions, our own feelings, and be able to loop that back into what is happening in our lives in with our interactions with others. Um, it really peels off the onion, if I would say so. And and I think also this is this is the core of the EMC program, peeling the onion. It brings a lot of tears, but also a lot of laughters. And, and, and sharing these moments also with, with, our, with our wave, as it's called today, with our cohort, um, with the support also from the program directors, it creates a safe space um, that Patrick mentioned earlier. So you really have this sense that you are able to discuss very intimate issues and at the same time knowing that no one is going to judge you um, you will have the support that you need it's a very unique feeling um, to be able to look into yourself step on the balcony as we as we used to say and, and be able to understand what is happening on the stage so you can really take a distance and look at things, events, or experiences um, with the new with new eyes, having a very unique perspective, which is supported by the lenses of psychoanalytic and psychodynamic theories, and that explains a lot about you know the tensions or or the things that gravitate people. I noticed you you, you sort of touched upon. I, I guess it's a safe space, and that's something I hear very, very regularly with with the EMC program. It's this safe space that people can discuss things that are difficult to to bring up, or they haven't had the opportunity to to uh, discuss or, or tackle in their professional careers. And this is an opportunity to come and discuss these things. And Cindy, I think you touch upon it in your thesis, which we'll we'll just move into shortly. It a lot of things that aren't discussed but need to be discussed in our careers and in our companies and our organizations. And this is a, a program, I believe, that is a great opportunity for that. Moving into, as we said, we touch upon the thesis, which is such a, a pivotal part of the program and, and another individual experience. Patrick, can you sort of give us an idea of what the thesis is, you know, why is it incorporated in the program? And and obviously, having gone through the program yourself, maybe touch upon your experience with the thesis and, and what you did. Yeah, um, with pleasure. It, uh, I think you said the word thesis, and I remember my first response was fear. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, my particular situation was I hadn't done what I would call formal studying uh, for such a long time. And it raised so many different things before I joined. Um, and then when I came into it, it was quite a different experience because, as I mentioned earlier, there's this kind of organic component to learn, learn in the way that it suits you. You're writing a lot of cases and you're doing your practical work. And it's always to do with areas of interest and relevance to you and how do you apply those different, let's say, um, approaches, tools and methodologies that you, you're learning along the way. So it's relevant to you. Um, and so you're learning in this very natural, and as I said, organic way. And it, this is a master's program, so of course part of that is to have the thesis. And in many ways you're very 
naturally and subtly building up towards that thesis by doing this, these cases um, during the programme. You, you write a lot. I've, I've been told that at INSEAD at least. Um, after the, the PhD we do, this is the programme where you write the most. You know, thankfully, there are, thankfully, thankfully for me, there are no exams. Um, but there's a lot of written work. And, uh, and it's, it, it's actually a very pleasant process because, of course, there's that notion of writing things down um, and, and that takes it to a much deeper and greater level. The thesis itself, so that is a, a prerequisite to uh, have the, um, have the, the, the certification, the, the masters at the end of it, as well as the work that we'll ask you to do. And as I say, the journey is sort of building up towards what is it I'm going to write about? And you get support as of module five. You've already been thinking about it, maybe subconsciously, you get to module five and then it becomes a bit more formal where you get amazing support. I had uh, Liz um, Flon who helped me with mine. She was our particular um, thesis director and she was there to guide us through how could we develop the topic we want to, to write about? Because at the end of the day, it's essentially a 60-page uh, thesis. Uh, you know, there's a word count, there's a structure. You clearly need to be applying the psychodynamic perspective to what it is you'll be doing. And that's not so obvious. What I found very comforting was being told, well, look, all those cases in the practicum work, the other written work you're doing, that's already pretty much let's say, representative of, of the size of the work you'd be doing. And that was already a comfort. And then after that, just having this fantastic support with um, where you can source material, how you can go about it, the different approaches to it. And then having this really um, just very helpful conversation. You have a set amount of meetings with your, your thesis advisor. Um, and as I say, Liz guided me through. And then after that, before you know it, you're kind of running with it. Um, so I was stuck at first. Uh, all sorts of things were kicking up in me. And then before I knew it, I walked away from my first meeting with Liz, just like, great, I've got all these things to sort of delve in and look about and maybe um, simplify what I wanted to do. I had all these wonderful ideas that were essentially just too complicated. Um, and then... Before I knew it, the thesis uh, topic uh, fell in a very natural space, having taken a, a false route uh, for my first idea. And the second idea just really came together very naturally, which was raising emotional awareness in men through live music. And it was this simple exercise of, of what happens when you put a group of, of a small group of men in a room with a live musician professional musician, what kind of emotions and conversations surface in the knowledge that my feeling and sense was that this, this very male dominant world that we all live in um, influences us to express ourselves in a certain way or not, regardless of gender. Um, I'm simplifying things clearly, but the compelling question I had was why is it that men will reinforce many of the the ways that they act and respond usually through fear to protect themselves as opposed to having a, a greater um, emotional awareness that could perhaps just bring a, a sense of balance and take the pressure off because we are in this world of of performance of um, objectives of as you've mentioned this kind of busy motorway in our minds, but not only. And the pressure that puts on ourselves, not only as men, but just in general. Um, I, I kind of thought there's got to be something there and let's see what happens. But I really did walk into this in, in a very sort of open-minded, let's just see what, what goes on. And it was remarkable. It really was. The conversations that the men were having, um, that they, they didn't expect in this, this safe and trusting environment, thanks to the experience I had through doing the, uh, the work already. Um, 
on the program. And, and it makes for fascinating reading too, I think. It was it's such uh, an interesting way to, to, to get people to, to talk, as you said, uh, that people have this tendency not to share things or not to talk about emotions because it's not something you do. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, it's a really interesting, interesting read and I implore our audience to, to, to read through the thesis, which we'll, uh, we'll put in the notes. I've also been lucky enough to, to read uh, your thesis, Cine, as well, and, and thank you for, for allowing me to do that. Um, I guess you, you studied um, women leaders' career aspirations um, and how it collides with health and particular infertility. And I, I thought it was really interesting look at something, as we said before, that's not always discussed openly in public and something that needs to be because it's, it's health and all these things associated with health are a big part of our lives, as we found in the last year or two. Um, I thought uh, a particular part of your thesis um, where you reflected on the current times and stating that pain is part of life. It's a signal to warn and protect us from harm. However, we all have the power of choice to acknowledge or repress. It was a particularly powerful message, I thought. Uh, particularly, as I said, we're in, in the current times we're in. Um, can you sort of elaborate, and, and you touched upon it earlier, but can you elaborate on how professionals and leaders can reflect and maybe direct and sort of understand and, and move through their professional and personal lives? The topic of infertility in particular that my thesis um, discusses is such a taboo and is such a great example of social defenses. So usually things that um, are painful to us or to the people around us, people have a tendency to avoid. And and as as humans, we are trained by the system to to respond to certain experiences in a reactive way, um, as it is also stated in, in the document. So... Um, we always try to run away from what is uncomfortable, um, what is painful. But I think uh, very similar to Manfred's words, just taking the time to pose and really think about what is happening, why we feel the way we feel, um, what can we do to change a situation, uh, even the most unpleasant, into a lesson uh, of, of resilience, of change, um, there is a lot of opportunities for growth in this same painful situation. Um, I think a lot of people, because of the taboos that the society has constructed, and especially the way that fertility is seen um, and celebrated as a woman's thing primarily, it's something that needs to be discussed more about. And this is a topic that it's not only concerning women, it concerns also men, it concerns um, other minority groups, LGBTQ+, uh, uh, people from, you know, across all religions, um, societies. Um, it affects all, really. Yeah. It's something that has been hushed for a very long time. And because of the situations we are experiencing today, um, this new awareness that, that came through the last two years with the COVID pandemic, with the social movements, the Me Too, the Black Lives Matters, it is a golden opportunity to open up and, and really explore because it has so many different touch points that we are not aware. And it's also particular important for organizations because a lot, and my thesis discusses about women leaders, but obviously because of, you know, uh, the space that is available within the 60 pages that Patrick mm. mentioned earlier, you cannot cover everything and anything. But it's, it's a first step to start discussing about these issues, starting from somewhere. So I do believe that... Um, this can open up, you know, a new agenda uh, through this research, a new conversation. So people can be, you know, a little bit more open about diversity, about inclusion and about equity. 
when we are talking about modern workplaces. A lot of women do not disclose about their struggles with, with fertility. And that affects, affects them not only as person, but also as employees or as leaders. And by understanding the drivers from these particular experiences, we can really help organizations thrive. I thought so so relevant to today that all these issues are coming up and being discussed, which is fantastic, and and many insights within your thesis about you know how we can how we can lead that discussion and and talk about things that we need to. It's very important. So, you know, f- fantastic, and congratulations for 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 putting that thesis together. Thank you. Well, my hope is that you know actually this this research can can really shift the perception of infertility from sure. a medical condition or a disability as it's seen today mm. into a more human experience that can be transformative because that was the message that came across from all the participants um, that supported their research. Yeah. So having an adverse um, experience like infertility, how it can lead to growth and resilience and change, mm. which is a very positive message. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly right. You, you're right. It is a positive message and anything that can lead to growth and development, I think, is is a great experience and even from difficult topics that, that you, you touched upon. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, I guess coming back to Patrick, yeah, I mean, we, we touched upon earlier, I'm fascinated in your journey in in sort of both sides of the fence, if you like, that your, your internal in, in the program and also external as in running the, uh, and responsible for the program. Was there anything that surprised you? You know the program back to front. You, you talk to so many people about what the program entails and what the experience is. Was there anything that really surprised you after you went through the program? You thought, well, that, that re- I, did, I didn't realise this would happen or that would happen. Uh, well, so much. It's like everything, isn't it? It's uh, you, you read a book about how to do something, but when you actually go through the experience, and that's that the experiential component is so important. You've mm-hmm. got to live through it. Um, so I, I thought I knew the program well. Very well? No, I thought I knew it well. And I was able to talk about it, but I felt a bit like an imposter. And then going into it, was it, it's a bit like... Um, you know, if you're in the sea and this massive wave comes over, you've got to take a deep breath and hopefully you'll be able to pop out the other side and say, oh, here we go. Um, because I knew after the first module it was going to be significant. And you're not too sure what is, is coming up next. So it's like everything in life. You, know, you think you know something and you could, you could do something many times and there's always going to be something new from it. And so I just learned so much that, you know, the, the depth, the... Um, invitation for change in yourself and how you could in turn invite that change in others um, and just very quickly coming back to to Cine's, um thesis that I, I had the amazing opportunity to read so thank you so much for sharing there was something that really hit me was that, that thing of um, we talk more about now and you alluded to that is, is the post-traumatic growth is how can we talk about these difficult things um, that can sometimes be very painful, uh, but how can we talk about them in a very humane way and look at ways to, to grow from that for ourselves and possibly for others? And that's very relevant as well to the program because we're surfacing a lot of things that perhaps we haven't given time to, to look at, as I mentioned at the very beginning. And so coming out of it was, yeah, uh, emotional, <laughs> that big realization of, of just knowing and understanding yourself better and also knowing that it doesn't mean you know everything you know that there's more to come and there always will be because change is the only guarantee we have in life um, and just knowing how to navigate and be curious about that and explore I found that just priceless really um, so valuable mm. Yeah, I think that allows for, I hope, uh, a level of authenticity when, when talking about the experience. It's one thing to sell a car, but if you've owned it, you've driven it, you've loved it, uh, I think you're going to hopefully be able to 
convey it to others in a different way. And that might suit some people and others it might not, and that's okay. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, for sure. No, it definitely does. And yeah, completely. I I agree that, yeah, once you've experienced yourself, it's a completely different angle that you can now look at things. And uh, yeah, no, fantastic. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Finally, a question in this section for for Cindy. Um, I mean, I was looking through the EMC curriculum um, you know, all of that information is available on the on the NCAB website. And I was drawn to one element in particular, and it was open the door to exploring the unknown. Uh, and I thought that sounded fascinating, really. It sounded like a great adventure. I would imagine there are a lot of unknowns when we try and understand ourselves as individuals and then others. Sydney, how do we open... The door to explore these topics? An open mind and an open heart, I think, is the key. Um, like Manfred said, most people are strangers to themselves. And once you really try, once you really try to peel the onion and understand a little bit more about yourself, about your history. Um, I mean, there are so many elements in the EMC that have supported this exploration journey. Um, the genogram, the family genogram, um, was also a fascinating tool to understand not only why I am here today, but how I became and how my family has shaped my values, my identity, uh, my behavior. There, there are so many parts that the EMC program supports. I think for me, the the program is more like uh, like Ithaca from, from Kavafi, um, the great poem from Constantine Kavafi is about exploring, um, hitting the road and, and having, you know, adventures and discoveries along the way and enjoying the process. That was one of the most revealing moments for me, keeping in mind about my destination, where I want to reach, and just being present during the process, being in the moment. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I'll, uh, I'll put that uh, content piece in the notes as well for people to, to reflect upon. Right, so we'll we'll finish up with the traditional uh, quick fire questions. Um, unfortunately, got a, only a few minutes left with the both of you. Um, so we'll start with Patrick. What one piece of advice would you give our listeners to help them understand themselves better? Um, do what you can to quiet the chatter in your your rational mind to. Take a step out and look at things from a different perspective. Yourself, situations and others. Whatever that is, that could be a, a sport, a hobby. It could be just breathing, walking. Whatever helps you just anchor, have some distance and look at things from a, a, a calm perspective and ask questions maybe you've not asked before. Fantastic. Fantastic piece of advice. And Sydney, how about yourself? What, what advice would you give our listeners to help understand themselves better? I think um, one of my favorite quotes from Pema Chodron is talking about compassion. And it says that compassion is daring. It involves learning to relax and allow ourselves to move gently towards what scares us. Only when we know our own darkness well, can we be present in the darkness of others? And that helped me a lot when I was writing my thesis, understanding more about my own um, blind spots or the dark side helped me also to connect with other people and to be present in their own truth. Yeah, very very relevant to some of the things we've discussed already in this episode. So yeah, no, very nice. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing that as well. Final question. Uh, Cindy, do you have any hobbies or activities that help you reflect or discover more about yourself? I do have a lot of uh, hobbies and activities, but I think one of the things that helped me um, stay sane during the COVID lockdowns and extended periods of solitude 
um, was um, the Gratitude Journal. Um, it was actually a, an online group. Um, I connected different people, acquaintances, uh, peers, friends, uh, colleagues from different parts of the world during the one of the longest COVID lockdowns. And on a daily basis, we were posting uh, our gratitude posts on an online group. And that helped us go through all this frantic situation we have been living under the last two years. Um, it helped me, myself, stay grounded and, and stay humble and positive. I think that was the most significant learning um, in the last two years. Yeah, fantastic. An activity I've I've done myself as well, and and yeah, found that, you know even in days that you know as a, a roller coaster our careers are, um, you know in the lows and the highs, it's it's nice to reflect on what we're thankful for and you know the things that are positive in the life. So fantastic. Thank you for that. And and finally, Patrick, any hobbies or activities that you uh, like to help stay ref- sort of discover yourself? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I- well, like singing, there's all sorts of things. Uh, <laughs> um, I have the fortune of living right next to the forest, so every day I'm going into the forest and I have, I have a couple of dogs. I go out there and um, I use that space to, to, to meditate. So it really is using that time and that space just to look at things differently with a certain level of curiosity and just to be as present as possible. And that helps so much. I come out of that energized sometimes exhausted but generally energized and that's one of the main things i do on a very regular basis and beyond that you know doing during the pandemic it's doing what i can in a different way uh to to sort of be helpful towards others towards myself um learning new things trying to stay as curious as possible uh and those are the things that i found are helpful um, and and Fantastic. And yeah, you touch upon that famous forest in Fontainebleau, a big part of, of the, the campus here in France, of course. But yeah, no, it's a, it's an amazing part of the INSEAD life, I think, the Fontainebleau Forest. Right. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for. Um, I'd like to thank you both very, very, very much for your time. I think you've both delivered many um amazing insights that can hopefully help our audience in in their individual careers and obviously help them uh, develop and grow as as individuals. Um, I guess all that's left is for me to wish you all the best in your own careers. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Luke, for this opportunity. Um, It's been a pleasure spending the last hour with both of you. No worries. You're very welcome. Yeah, by thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this and really appreciate it. Great. Pleasure to be with you, Sam. Thanks. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of In The Know. If you want to know more about today's career development and leadership topics, head online to www.inthenow.insead.edu forward slash podcast. To discover more about any of INSEAD's degree programs, head to www.insead.edu.